0: Podcast Answer Man, episode number 404. Entertaining,
1: educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everyone. This is Jason Van Orden from Internet Business Mastery. You are listening to the man who has trained more people how to podcast than anyone else in the world, Cliff Ravenscraft.
0: He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in or if you've been creating content for many years. There's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And my friends, taking things to the next level is what I am celebrating this week. I have just reached a reached a major milestone in my own personal life and really it relates to the business side of things as well and I am going to share with you what that milestone is later in this episode and I'm going to give you five insights that I've gained. During the past six months. So if you want to hear about that, uh, stick around. But before we do that, I'm going to jump into uh, the first main topic of this week's episode. And it is a question that came in from somebody in our community here. His name is Elaine, and he has a question about formats for a podcast. Now, before I play for you this particular question, I wanna tell you real quickly, I wanna set up the stage for you to understand this particular question. Here's the deal. Elaine is asking about the format of my show called Pursuing a Balanced Life. Now, Pursuing a Balanced Life is a podcast that I've been uh, producing since, I think, March 2006. It was the second podcast I ever launched. I'll get a little bit more into the details on that, but let me just give you an overgeneralized kind of uh, an easy way for me to describe to you what this podcast is. It is an audio journal of my life since March 2008. It documents and and basically shares with you very authentically, transparently my uh, transition into the podcasting world as a hobby, Uh, All of a sudden, transitioning into this place where there's this dream that was birthed, this seed was planted in my mind that this could possibly turn into a full-time career. Watching that seed being watered and growing uh, through various different interactions with people and experiences that I was having, making the announcement that I was actually going to leave my career in insurance after 11 years to pursue a full-time career in podcasting, and then the journey being documented all the way through all the lows and all of the highs and everything in between, all the ups and downs, not just business, personal, and faith and family, everything included, and that is the show, Pursuing a Balanced Life. But when you tune in, you actually don't hear what you hear here most of the time. And what I mean by that is like professionally produced, uh, pre-produced, thought-out programming where I am in the studio with full-blown amazing audio quality. No, instead, when you tune into Pursuing a Balanced Life and you click the play button, you're probably going to hear me out and about most of the time. Now, every now and then I record an episode in the studio, but more times than not, if you click the play button, you'll hear something like this.
1: Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pursuing a Balanced Life. Cliff Ravenscraft here. This is episode number 608 of this show, and I'm recording it on Friday, May 8th, 2015. It's a little bit after 10 o'clock in the evening, but it's 70 degrees Fahrenheit out here. It feels amazing. Lots of people in their backyards with fire pits roaring. It just, uh, it feels like a summer evening. In fact, today it was like 86 or 87 degrees, so felt like a summer day, I'm enjoying it, and uh, I've got a great topic that I want to bring up with you guys here at the open of the show, and then with what time I have left over, I'll share a little bit about the happenings of this week. So the big topic that we're going to cover here comes from an email that I, that I received from Jonathan, and let me just stop for a second, I'll read this to you. He says, Cliff, I noticed that you're tracking high calorie burn in your workouts, How do you track calorie burn? Uh, Are you doing this with your watch or something else? Uh, How much do you trust the numbers? Keep it up. So, Jonathan, I told you that I would answer your question in this podcast episode because this question has been coming up quite often as a result of me sharing my workout results on... Uh, social media. Most of most of my comments and interaction with folks happen on my Facebook page. And well, there you go. That's exactly what you'll probably hear in.
0: And that's the format of the show. I'm typically, usually, either out for a walk now that the weather's nice, and during the winter time, I literally was recording this from my workout room while I was on the elliptical. So it's a it's an odd format for a show. And certainly now that I that you have just a little bit of a feel of what that show might be like, now I think you'll better understand Elaine's Al- question here. So let's go ahead and play that. Elaine, take it away, my friend.
2: Hey Cliff, it's Elaine calling from Toronto, and I have got a question for you. Um it's regarding the format of your show Living a Balance. Oh sorry, Pursuing a Balanced Life. Um, I find it fascinating that you've managed to record so many episodes of that podcast because I never thought that that format would be something that would actually thrive, like you'd actually be able to make income or business around um, such a personal podcast of the format, you know, Captain's Log, Stardate, blah, 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 this is what I'm doing, and, you know, these are my thoughts and things like that. Is it, is it a, a winning formula for you because you already established yourself in the industry? Do you think that's a format that would work for somebody who is only starting out and it's their only podcast? I look forward to um, hearing your answers. And um, I sometimes tune into your shows just to hear, well, hello. <laughs> so anyways, talk to you soon. And well, goodbye.
0: All right, Elaine. Thank you so much for your question, and I love this question. And I think I'm going to unpack a little bit of some assumptions that are are made in the question in and of itself. So I, I wrote down uh, like my little paraphrased version of of what you had asked here, and and so the first thing I wrote down is I find it fascinating that you managed to record so many episodes of pursuing a balanced life, because I never thought of that pot that. Format would be something that could and and I think you were about to say thrive, uh, but you 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 corrected yourself and, and stopped and instead you went down a different direction. You said I never thought that that format would be could be something to help you generate income or build business around such a personal podcast. All right. So you you're you start the thing off by saying, "I find it fascinating that you re, you managed to record so many episodes of pursuing a balanced life." And because and, and I find it so fascinating because I never thought of that as a money maker. You know that format, that such a personal podcast. I never thought of it as such a money maker. So, one of the things that I find fascinating, Elaine, is that you find it fascinating that somebody might be able to record as many as 608 podcast episodes and, and with such a format that it's not necessarily one you would associate with one that's probably going to generate a significant amount of income. And I just want to say that for me, Pursuing a Balanced Life, that particular podcast has never once been about making money. And in fact, it was the second podcast I ever launched and, and even the first podcast I ever launched was never about making money. Uh, the third show, which by the way, the first podcast uh, was originally going to be a podcast that was it was actually called generally speaking. And in that podcast, I was going to talk about anything and everything that was interesting to me because I knew I wanted to launch a podcast, but I didn't think anybody would really want to (laughs) would ever listen to me. I really didn't. I didn't. I I thought at most, I'm gonna I'm gonna create this podcast. I've got some blog followers, and I've built some relationships with some friends who are following my blog. You know, for the last you know however many years. Actually, I guess it was ten years. Uh, so, because I, I started blogging back in 1996, back when it was handwritten HTML files, so I had 10 years of building a relationship with a very small blog reader audience, and I, I knew of of all those people who were following my blog, I'd probably get about 50 people. I'd be blessed. I'd be super excited if just 50 people would listen to a podcast that I would produce, and so I created my first podcast called Generally Speaking. And in that first episode, I explained to folks, hey, you know, I thought about doing a podcast just devoted to the TV show Lost, but there are already five of those out there. And I, I'm like, you know, they they cover it so well. I didn't think that anybody would be interested in just hearing me talk about Lost from my perspective because, you know, I, I'm, I'm more than a casual viewer, viewer but I'm not so into it that you know I'm, I'm not necessarily at the level of the guys who are you know one of who are leading one of the other five lost podcasts out there so I, I didn't feel like I could do a lost podcast and so then I said you know I, I thought about doing a podcast about technology and here's the thing I love technology I took my first computer apart when I was six years old and um, I, I have been doing blogging from hand with html files from the beginning and and slowly moved over to this thing called movable type and then we moved over to WordPress and actually before there I was, there was a Blogger and before there was blogging I was on BBS systems I was on uh, Windows 3.0 and America Online when it was on a 5 and a quarter floppy I am a technology geek so I I want to talk about technology but here's the deal I'm I'm just a geek I, I you know there's so many people who know more than I do, and there are, And when it comes to podcasting, back in 2005, even though it was brand new and there weren't a lot of podcasts, so many of them, like a majority of them, were technology-based podcasts. So I was like, what do I have to bring to the table that they don't already offer? And so I didn't think that I could pull off that. And then the other thing that I thought I might do is, is a podcast devoted to, the, to faith, you know, my my own personal walk and journey and experience through uh, having a life of faith. And and again, I, I thought, man, I don't know. There's all these professional Christian broadcasters who are on, have been on the radio for years. I mean, they they probably could recite to you off the top of their head Bible scriptures from the beginning of a book to the end of the book, and actually there are people that could do that. Um, and, and so I'm thinking, what do I have to offer there that, that this— so, so first of all, nobody's going to listen to me anyway. Was my mindset on this? Remember, this is back in 2005. Podcasting's relatively brand new. Audiences are small anyway. And very few people knew what a podcast was, and if they did, how to actually subscribe to one and get it. It was extremely difficult back in those days, and and so I didn't think anybody's going to listen. So you know, but I wanted to try this out, and I created a podcast called Generally Speaking. I just talk about anything that I want to talk about. But I told my audience in that first episode, you know what, I'm only going to talk about one topic per episode, so that way you'll know at the front of the show whether or not you want to listen to that episode. And if you're not interested in that episode, I just simply ask you to stop listening, delete, and wait until the next episode comes out, and at the front of the show, I'll tell you what that show is going to be about, and, and you can decide whether you want to listen to. And I figured, yeah, that's, and by the way, I do not recommend this at all. Uh, but back then, I, I figured, you know, I wasn't going for a huge audience anyway. I was just doing this for the fun of it. This was all complete hobby. And in that first episode, after I explained to the folks everything I just shared with you, I said, okay, now, the rest of this first episode is all going to be about the TV show Lost. And so I started to talk about Lost and how I got involved in, in watching the show and what I thought about the show so far. And, and, and just gave my opinions on this TV show Lost. I put that first episode out online of the Generally Speaking Podcast, and over 500 people listened to the first episode. That's more than 50 people. Uh, that Over 500 people listened to that episode. I didn't realize that there would be so much of, of, of an interest in what I would want to say online. And of course, I have to tell you that that happened as a result of, again, 10 years of blogging up to that point in time. And yes, I had been spending several months blogging about the TV show Lost, and so I had gained a lot, a, a bit of recognition in the fan community. In fact, uh, one of my theories from the TV show Lost was featured on EW.com, which is Entertainment Weekly, and, and so I had a significant following that was starting to build up there, and yeah, I put out my episode and I had 500 subscribers, and you know what, I got feedback, I got emails, And folks said, Cliff, wow, I'm so glad you launched a podcast. This is awesome. Quick question, though. Would you be willing to only talk about Lost? Because I could care less about technology, and I certainly don't want to hear about your faith. Uh, I would love to hear you talk about the TV show Lost in a podcast devoted to it. And I had that feedback from several individuals. And here, again, remember, my mindset was, I didn't think anybody cared wh- about what I would say. And, and I had thought about doing a lost only podcast, but I didn't think anybody would want to hear it. But I got email after email after email asking me for just a, a podcast just focused on the TV show Lost. And so I came back with the second episode of the Generally Speaking Podcast, but I instead changed the name. I rebranded it by the second episode, and I said, well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the weekly lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. And in fact, I brought my wife on to the show, and we ended up turning it into something pretty significant. In fact, um, it became a pretty big hit. Uh, after just the third episode, but uh, that had more to do with the popularity of Lost. And, and we, we kind of went overboard with how enthusiastic we were about our show. In fact, just to give you a, a, a little nostalgic throwback to the day, here's what the intro of our podcast
2: sounded like Hey, cool, you fixed it. Don't expect anything. The chances of getting a signal are slim at best. Static's good, right? No, reception is good. Wait, what's that? It's Russo Oh, Crap! But this radio has a wider bandwidth.
0: <laughs> That's what you call a party and a podcast. Hold
1: it! Stop! Do you hear that?
0: Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Production Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. So there you go. That's the that was the intro to our lost podcast and let me see if I can fade that down there. And that's how my wife and I started that show every single week from that point forward and actually that that intro came in several <laughs> months after we had launched the show. But anyway, we th- that show became our thing and it became that focused in studio very, we, we tried to get more and more professional as time went on. By the way, it was horrible audio quality uh, starting out. I knew nothing about audio production, uh, recording, any of that stuff. I, I'm all self-taught in that area and, and things have improved over the years. But that was my first podcast. But here's what happened. Because of that podcast and how popular Lost was and just the kind of community that was being built up online, And specifically, the podcast community that I became a part of, that we had this specific uh, network, the Lost Podcasters Network, that had been developed. As a result of all of those things, we had tens of thousands of subscribers. And what happened was people would email me, and they would say, Cliff, I, I love listening to you and your wife talk about the TV show Lost, and you and your wife said something about living debt-free and, and it must have been prompted, you know, that conversation must have been prompted by something that was one of the themes of the show. And so they said, can you talk more about that? I've never heard anybody say such a thing. And so I would write back in an email and then next thing you know, I get another email a day and a half later, somebody asking the same exact question. And I would try to respond to that person individually and and then all of a sudden some other questions related to other topics that my wife and I would randomly bring to the show kind of just talking about the our perspective as a married couple on based on the you know as a result of the themes that are being portrayed in the show and and people would email us questions to you know could you tell me a little bit more about this can you tell us a little bit more about your faith could you tell us a little bit more about your family life how you know can you tell us a little bit more about how you do date nights and All of this stuff, and these are things where we couldn't just say, you know what, let's go ahead and cover that on the podcast, the Weekly Lost podcast. And so I knew that I needed to go back and create another podcast, and this was going to be kind of generally speaking part two, if you will. Uh, but instead, of, we had decided when we ca- created the Lost podcast that we were going to actually have a network. I knew th- right then I was going to have more shows because I knew I wanted to talk about and share more than just my love for the TV show Lost. And so what happened was I, I created a second podcast that had the same exact premise as what the initial te- intent was with the first one. And I called it My Crazy Life. And I figure, you know, it's like, listen, this show is just about anything and everything I want to talk about. And um, I would take those questions that were coming in from the audience and I would start answering them. I brought Stephanie in for many of those, uh, for the conversations related to many of those questions that came in. And as a result of so many questions, a third, you know, and again, all of this is a hobby. No desire to make a single penny. No money even crossed our mind. That This was just... Pure fun and and the the my crazy life literally was more ministry in, in our minds. It was serving people by encouraging them and inspiring them and even educating them. So we were already entertaining people with our lost podcast, but we wanted to actually take this opportunity, to, to take all of these folks who are listening to us and hearing things and they're asking us questions and we wanted to go beyond just entertaining them with our Lost Podcast, but I also wanted to educate, encourage, and inspire people by answering these amazing questions that were coming in and sharing our answers, not just with the individual who was asking, but to share them with other people who might possibly be interested. And that's where My Crazy Life came from and by the way, My Crazy Life was eventually rebranded, and that is the show that is today called Pursuing a Balanced Life, because I realized My Crazy Life was a terrible name for that podcast, and Pursuing a Balanced Life is a more descriptive uh, feel for what that show really is all about. It's all, it is all about balancing all areas of life and trying to f- live a life for which we were created and, and a life that, that we desire, and pursuing that margin and all that other stuff. And so that's why we rebranded it. But anyway, so what I so so the origin of pursuing a balanced life was an offshoot of the Lost podcast. It was it was a spinoff of the Lost podcast, but it was really going back to the roots of why I started podcast of what I wanted to do with my very first podcast where I could have a show where I could talk about anything I wanted to without the feeling that people are going to say you're off track. You know, because that was one piece of feedback that we got every now and then from our Lost Podcast It's like, you guys got off topic and you stayed off topic for too long. Well, we're not going to have that anymore because now we have what would become Pursuing a Balanced Life. Now, early on, that show, that format of that show was very much in studio just like our Lost Podcast. But over time, I, you know, I, I got busy. I was working full time in my insurance career. I was working on production of the Lost Podcast. Um couple months into it, after launching My Crazy Life, which is now Pursuing a Bounce Life, uh, I launched a third podcast called About the Church, which today is called Encouraging Others Through Christ. But anyway, um, I, I had all of the, these things going on. Plus, there were all of these conversations I was having with folks that were happening in email that really weren't well-suited for talking openly in a podcast about. So I was busy as all get out, not only you working full-time, doing really a second full-time thing on the side as far as number of hours spent but again not doing it for any money reasons at all but doing it for the love of it and just to serve and help others a, a calling if you will and and in my mind a ministry this is what I this is what I felt like was my personal ministry this is how I'm serving the world best with my with my gifts and talents and my time and energy and so that's what pursuing a balanced life was that's what uh, the about the church what a podcast was that's what all of these podcasts were for me not money generators at all and and so as I said I was starting to get so busy what happened was every now and then I'm like man I need to go out for a walk I need to get some fresh air I feel like I've been sitting all day at the office I've been sitting at my computer all night. It is late. I'm tired, but man, I'm not able to sleep. I got too much stuff going through my head, and so what I did is this pursuing a balanced life or my crazy life at the time, I would get my recorder, and I would just go outside and just walk and just share what was going on, going through my mind off the top of my head, and there were times when I talked about how burned out I was getting. There were times when I talked about you know how great things are going or the awesome feedback that I got or this terrible feedback and how it made me feel and... And, but then I started talking about how much I love to do this and man, I, I, you know, I'm working around the clock and I'm not able to do the things that I want to do as a, as a family and how can I balance all of this? And there were times when I shared in that podcast, you know, I, I think maybe I, not I, this is getting out of control and I feel, you know, I, there's this idea that I'd love to do this full time as my career, but man, nobody does this full time. You know, there's the, how do, how do you make a living? I've never worked, had my own business. I don't have any training in that area. Um, and and so I share all of these little things and I'm like, man, it, yeah, it would be a dream come true if maybe 10, 15 years down the road I could do podcasting full time. But that's probably not going to happen You know, but maybe I just need to. Maybe I just need to dial things back, or maybe I need to quit podcasting, and and all of those kinds of things. Just off the top of my head, I'm literally sharing an audio journal of my thoughts through the years. That's what pursuing a balanced life had become, and and basically, did that format allow people to to listen? By the way, I want to tell you that that podcast was started just three months later after starting the Weekly Lost Podcast. And the Weekly Lost Podcast did have tens of thousands of subscribers. Now, why did it have tens of thousands of subscribers? There's a lot of reasons. One is because I had—it it started out because I had built a small, loyal audience for 10 years of blogging. Then that audience, many of them were fans and fanatics of the television lost as well— and there were other existing online communities and we're talking massive online communities i mean the tv show itself had this thing called the fuselage with hundreds of thousands of fans around the world who were who were signing in and logging into their online forum to discuss the television show and there was this community of podcasters where if you added up all the other five existing podcasts there's probably about 27,000 subscribers subscribed to all those different shows and and we all promoted each other there at the beginning and and you know it it, it was a great community and and as a result of that i gained that that first tv show podcast i did the lost podcast had a significant online following and i and by the way i spent a ton of time marketing that show and involving myself in online communities i worked my butt off to get a, to to build that audience and i worked my butt off to to build the community and and relationships with the people in that audience to, to get to know who they are and help plug them into relationships with each other. I mean, there have been marriages as a result of our community uh, where people met each other at meetups that we've hosted, and, and it's it's been pretty crazy. So anyway, uh, so yeah, I the Lost podcast certainly allowed us to gain a loyal audience, but I certainly was not... Established in the industry, like you think of me, established in the industry today, you know, you know, being the the podcast answer man, the guy who has been doing it for many many years, the guy who has taught all these people how to podcast and and all that other stuff. I now I was established in a community where I had a loyal following, but definitely not necessarily established in the industry. So, uh, so th- I'm now going to. Is it, is it a winning formula for you because you have already established yourself in the industry? So what I'm trying to tell you is that this podcast was a winning formula for me in the way that I define winning. And again, not defining it by money because I told you that money wasn't even thought of for me at the time with that podcast. And, and it wasn't thought, money wasn't thought of for the first 18 months of me podcasting. Money started to come in after about 12 to, you know, 13 months into it. Um, but, you know, people started to beg me to allow them to pay, to pay me to teach them how to do some of the things that I was doing. I was teaching them for free and they said, Cliff, you got to let me pay you for this. And people begged me to do a webinar. and, and so, but, but even still, the Pursuing a Balanced Life, that podcast, was, it was never thought of to be a money generator for me. But it was a winning formula because it allowed me to do something that I felt called to do, and that was to take all of these questions that could be talked about openly and authentically in a separate podcast where I could talk about anything I want, and I could do a podcast on five marital threats to oneness with my wife. Uh, we could talk about our experiences in a, in, in a uh, marriage conference weekend retreat we could talk about living debt-free and our plans to become debt-free as a result of following the Dave Ramsey plan. And by the way, through that podcasting journey, my wife and I became debt-free. And uh, we shared all the steps along the way. Um, That podcast allowed us to talk about our faith. That podcast allowed us to talk about parenting. It allowed us to talk about anything we wanted to an audience who would be interested. And here's the thing. We had tens of thousands of people who were following our Lost podcast, who had no idea who Cliff and Stephanie are when they first found the podcast. But instead, what happened was they found the the weekly Lost podcast, and they came there for the television show Lost content, and some of them stayed around, not because we covered the television show Lost so well, which that could be debatable. I think we did great some of the time. We did good most of the time, and we were awful some of the time. Uh, th- that's my own personal assessment of, of our weekly lost podcast. But what I can tell you is that there were a few, a very small percentage of those tens of thousands of people who came for the lost content, but ended up staying around for Cliff and Stephanie. And so they came as lost fans, but they became fans of Cliff and Stephanie and, and those people, many of those people started listening to our other shows, and yes, we had multiple other shows other than the ones I've already mentioned, because we had created podcasts devoted to Grey's Anatomy, Desperate Housewives, and the TV show Heroes, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Things got a little crazy around the Generally Speaking Production Network uh, back then, but anyway, the idea of this show, Pursuing a Balanced Life, was that it is my audio journal. It's my place to talk about anything and everything. And it was winning for me because, well, if there were 50 people listening, I would still do it. Do you remember the first podcast I told you about? I thought I'd be lucky to get 50 people. Well, guess what? I I created Pursuing a Balanced Life and there were about 800 people who were listening to that show back in those days. And by the way, today, after 608 episodes, <clears throat> today that show only has about 1700 subscribers. Now, I would normally give uh, a huge amount of flack to anybody who would ever use the word only when they say 1700. I would I would give you flack if you said only in front of 200 or 500. But the only reason I say only 1700 because I want you to understand that you say that you say, you know, that is this a winning formula for you because you've established yourself Well, what do you mean by winning? You know, Pursuing a Balanced Life doesn't have tens of thousands of subscribers. It doesn't have 10,000 subscribers. It doesn't have 2,000 subscribers. Right now, on average, 1,700 people listen to every single episode every week of Pursuing a Balanced Life. And of those 1,700 people, there's about 1,000 people who have listened to all 608 episodes. Now, that is winning for me. And by the way, that podcast has never really been a money generator for me. Now, I'm not gonna go into details about my old, you know, uh, my old uh, Plus membership community and and how people paid to be a, a part of the Plus membership and got gain access. Yes, there, you know, Pursuing a Balanced Life was one of many different podcasts that where some episodes were held back only for Plus members and it was a part of something that did generate some income for us, but but the podcast that podcast itself was not anything that would lead anybody to become a plus member back in those days. Or actually, maybe it was. Maybe it was still back then people's favorite show. But it, it so. But here's the deal: this isn't going to be something that is the, the the pursuing a balanced life, an audio journal, outside walking, and breathing heavily. I mean, it's it's probably one of the most unattractive unappealing podcast formats you could possibly imagine doing it the way that I do it, especially if I'm on the elliptical and all you hear is the elliptical and I'm breathing heavy. I mean, that's horrible. Now, my friend, Father Roderick, um, he goes out and he does the walk and at least he's always out there when he does the walk and he's always out uh, with the birds chirping and 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 bicyclists going by ringing their bicycle bell and, and the train going by and, and you get all the sound seeing and he's talking about all the beautiful scenery. and Sometimes I have that going on, but sometimes I have other things that are less appealing going on in the background while I'm doing the show. So is this a winning format? So you asked the question, do you think that this is a format that would work for somebody who is only starting out and it's their only podcast? So let me let me ask that question one more time and I'll answer it specifically. Do you think that this audio journal format, you know, where you're just out talking and sharing what's going on in your life, Uh, do you think this format would work for somebody who is only starting out and it's their only podcast? Well, Elaine, what what I will say is it depends. So my answer is, do you think the format will work for somebody who's only starting out and it's their only podcast? The answer is yes if that's what they want to do. It it really depends on what you want to do. Now, my assumption based upon your question is you find it fascinating that I recorded, you know, 608 episodes of Pursuing a Balanced Life so far because you never thought of this format being a format that would generate any sort of income and build a business around. So based upon your question and the way that you framed your question, I'm going to assume that your, I'm going to reframe and re, re-paraphrase your question. Do you think that this audio journal format would work for somebody who wants to generate income from their podcast, who's just starting out and looking to build business around this podcast? Do you think that this format would work if it's their only podcast? And my answer to your question is, depends on how much money you want to make. Uh, are you okay with a dollar per episode, two dollars per episode? Um are you okay with, you know, getting up to $5 per episode within a couple months? And if so, then probably it, it, it could work out. If you're trying to build a business around it, no, I don't. I don't think it's a good format for that. Um, it's it certainly, you know, you don't hear me uh, coming here on Podcast Answer Man week after week uh, giving valuable podcasting advice or or business advice or taking your message to the next level advice, how to build relationships or build community online advice. You don't hear me coming in here and doing all of that stuff and then promoting my own podcasting A to Z training course and and my digital training products and all those other things. You don't hear me doing this out walking, breathing heavily into a microphone, walking around just aimlessly talking about anything and everything that comes to my mind. And there's a reason for that because it's not a great format for generating sales or generating business or or getting people excited about how your your professional opinion on certain things. It, it's just not there. In fact, I, what I think I do think it's a winning formula though. And by the way, I do think that, um, that pursuing a balanced life is responsible for generating income for me. And it is re- it is very much responsible for generating business. You see, there are some people who listen to podcast Answer Man, and it's their very first podcast they ever hear from me. And it's because they heard about me from my friend Michael Stelzner at Social Media or Social Media Examiner. Uh, they hear about me from my friend Michael Hyatt from Michael Hyatt or Platform University. Uh, they hear about me from the Score Conference folks over there with Ken Davis and 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 the, those folks that are talking about me. My friend Dan Miller from Forty Eight Days to the Work You Love and and author also author of uh, No More Mondays and his online radio show. Uh, they hear about me from my friend Ray Edwards. They hear about me from my friend Jason Van Orden, Jeremy France, and they hear about me from my friend Pat Flynn. They hear about me from my friend Eric Fisher. They hear about me from all of these friends. Right, and they come and they land on podcastanswerman.com, and they come here and they hear this, they hear that professional in quality, in studio quality. They hear me sharing stories about podcasting journeys and and inspiring stories about how you can take things to the next level. They hear me talk about equipment. They hear me talk about all of these different things you can do in the world of online business. And 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 how you can take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. They hear those things here on this podcast, and some of them came here for the technology, but they they actually decided to stay for Cliff Ravenscraft. And just like the Lost podcast had people come for Lost, but they became fans of Cliff and Stephanie. There are people who came here for the podcasting stuff, but became fans of Cliff Ravenscraft. And as a result of that, many of those people, or actually a small percentage of those people, then decide, I'm going to check out this Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast that Cliff Ravenscraft is always talking about. And they subscribe to that. And maybe, just maybe, and in fact, I know this has happened, there are many of those people who have never purchased a single product or service from me. They really never thought that they would need anything that I have. They already have a podcast, so they don't need podcasting A to Z in their mind. Um, they don't. They already have, you know, a good understanding of audio editing, so they don't need the particular tutorials that I currently have online. They already have this. They already have that. But then, what happens is they go over to pursuing a balanced life. And, they, and they're listening there and they hear a whole lot more of a, of a even more rounded out. They hear so much of the backstory. They hear so much of the behind the scenes. And they find that many of them find that's even much more valuable than what I share here. Now, I'll, I will tell you, some of those people come here and then they go listen to that and then they write me emails or leave me comments. It's like, man, that is the most, that was the biggest waste of an hour of my life. I'll, that's an hour I will never get back. That you, all you did was ramble and and i I politely respond to them and apologize that it wasn't a that they didn't find it valuable that I totally understand that that format's not for everyone but there there are there are several people who do enjoy the format and and like it exactly the way it is and I do that show for those people and and honestly if it was just fifty of them, I would still do that show uh because it's just as much for me as it is for them. It's an outlet for me to share my thoughts, to get things off my mind, to, to process my own thoughts. Oftentimes, I really can't process something unless I speak, speak it out loud, and, and oftentimes I do it in that podcast, and that's what that show's for. That's the format of that show. That's why I do it, and it's not to generate money, but what I do know is that some of those people actually end up saying, you know what? I already have a podcast. And I I I don't need help with the technical sides of setting up a podcast or editing a podcast, but man, I I realized that Cliff Ravenscraft only allows people one on to work with people one on one through his podcasting A to Z course, and he's explained several times that if you and, and Cliff talks about himself in the third person every now and then, obvious <laughs> it seems to be. Anyway, they they hear that I actually. Uh, don't do one on one consulting and coaching outside of this A to Z course. And that every now and then they have heard me say that I give myself the ability, or I give my students the ability to ask me any question they want for a total of four weeks, even if that question has nothing to do with podcasting at all. And so I can tell you there have been a number of students who have paid. $2,000 to go through my four-week A to Z course, and they already have a podcast. They didn't need any of the tutorials, but they did it so that they could have access to ask me four questions, or, or as, as many questions that they as they want, and to have that dialogue with me as their personal coach for four weeks, even though they didn't need any of the technical stuff that was included, it was worth it to them to have that. And they became convinced it was worth it because of the way that I process my mindset and the way that I share things. And they wanted advice and encouragement and some coaching personally and sometimes professionally that has nothing to do related to their specific podcast, but they just wanted that access. And they specifically said it was because of your Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast and when you talked about this topic, this topic and this topic, I knew that I needed to 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 really work with you and, and ask you some questions to help me process some things through. And so I will tell you that pursuing a balanced life, that audio journal format that's so crazy out there with its format has generated some income. And and some, some significant income. And not only that, with Patreon, I've I'm I'm I've actually ended up at the beginning of this year created a patreon account and you can go to support pabl.com pabl is pursuing a balanced life obviously and since the beginning of the year it, it's not a it's not a lot i have 20 different people as of today who are contributing money on a per episode basis i do one episode a week so there's four to five episodes a month but right now those 20 people are donating or contributing 67 dollars per episode So every time I publish an episode of that podcast, I make $67, which honestly, in the grand scheme of what I do in my business, this is the, I mean, this really isn't very much income at all. However, and just between, well, just between me and pretty much everybody in my community here uh, that, that listens to this show, I will tell you what I've been doing with that money I, is I actually keep most of that money coming in and I, I don't actually withdraw it. I, you, you can go as often as you want and, and take that money and deposit it into your bank account or into your PayPal account. I leave it in there and then what, I, what I've been doing is I use it to help fund and support uh, the shows that I love. So I, basically, I'm able to support um, my friend, Father Roderick, and Greg and Jennifer, and, and all these other podcasts that I listen to, I'm able to support the work that they're doing, uh, and, and I use the funding that comes in from my own podcast, so that, you know, I just, it's just kind of like funneling it through. And you know what, I do believe that pursuing a balanced life is valuable, and so far, twenty people have agreed that it's so valuable that they are willing to contribute a dollar or two or more. One person contributes twenty-eight dollars per episode. Uh, so it's it, it's it's very interesting. And the thing is, is with seventeen hundred people who are subscribing to that show, um, I know that as time goes on, more and more of those people are going to say, "Yes, this is positively influencing." My life, and it's the least that I can do to to throw a dollar per episode, or two dollars per episode, or whatever they feel like they 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 whatever value they feel like returning back to me. They'll oftentimes, many of them will, over the course of the rest of this year and years moving forward, that number of patrons will patrons will go up. It'll you know I I think it's very easy for me to imagine that while I'm sitting here on May fifteenth, two thousand. 15, I've got 20 patrons, and I have $67 per episode, I think it's entirely possible by the end of this year to have 100 people who are pledging and have this around $300 per episode. I believe believe that with every drop of, of belief that I have, and that might even be drastically underestimating what it is. And I'm not going to set myself a reminder, but if somebody out there wants to set a reminder on december 31st to to send me an email and say, "Hey Cliff, back on May 15th you were at 20 patrons with sixty seven dollars per episode, uh, and you predicted that it would probably that you see that it's possible that you would have uh, 100 patrons and making at least three hundred dollars per episode." And it would be interesting if somebody reminded me of that I, on December 31st, 2015. And it would be interesting to see um, if, 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 if I actually hit that goal. Or it, and it's not even a goal. It's just something that I think might happen. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll see. And, and yeah, and remind me it was episode number 404 of Podcast Answer Man. That way, you know, the first episode of 2015, I can go back and, and, and give you guys an update on that. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, but so can, can this make money? It, it, it can, but it's, it's only going to make money from people who are, who are Elaine fans. So, and, and so the question is how many Elaine fans are there and, and what value are you offering to people? And, and, and let me tell you, they have to be a super fan. They have to really already know, like, and trust you for that format to be even anywhere near compelling for them. To, to listen to because it's it's not an appealing thing to listen to Cliff breathe heavily while he's outside walking, power walking through a neighborhood, especially when he hits an incline in the hill ahead. Uh, it, it's a little crazy. But so, Elaine, let's see here. So you find it fi- fascinating that I managed to record so many episodes of Pursuing a Balanced Life. Well, hopefully it's less fascinating as far as you to wrap your mind around now that you understand that this has nothing to do, really, as far as the intent of that show for it to generate income or to build business, while there is a little bit of that that has happened, and it's actually happened because I have something way more outside of the business than than the podcast itself to, for people to to get to know me deep more deeply and connect with me uh, more relationally. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I will sign up for his $2,000 course. Yes, I am gonna buy that $1,600 equipment package. Yes, I am gonna buy a couple $100 tutorials. Yes, I will sign up for that $1,000 next day business mastermind event that Cliff's hosting. And and this, all of these other things. Yeah, it, it, it potentially can do that, but the money was never the goal for pursuing a balanced life in the beginning when I launched it. And while I am generating some income consistently now, Albeit a little amount of income, uh, I'm very proud of $67 per episode. To be honest with you, I, I'm very happy with that. I would I would continue to sh- produce that show if I was making zero dollars per episode, and I did for over six, you know, for over well over 580 odd episodes. Um, but you know, the thing is, is is that it's not about the money for there. But so so, why did I record so many episodes? because I felt like I needed to. I felt like I had to. And so to answer your question, is it a winning formula for you because you already have established yourself in the industry? Not at all. It's a winning formula for me because it allows me to do exactly what it is I wanted to do with that podcast. It's a winning formula for me because that format fulfilled the purpose for that podcast well. And trust me, I've done some other formats with it. I have had interviews, and I have had in studio, and I still do some in studio stuff every now and then. I still do a couple interviews every now and then, but I have found that the winning formula for me for that podcast is out walking while I'm outside, and and or driving in my car or on my elliptical, uh, giving that you know captain's log audio journal update. Uh, And I just do it because it's what's natural to me for that particular show. I wouldn't do it here for Podcast Answer Man. Or if I did, it might be only one episode out of, you know, 500 uh, to give you an example of that particular format. But, uh, yeah. So, there you go. Do I think it's a format that would work for somebody who's just starting out and it's their only podcast? Only if that's your purpose. Uh, and, and so it, it it really depends. And it sounds to me like you're looking to create something that's going to help you generate a business around your podcast. And so my recommendation is no, don't go with that format. Um, there you go. Hope that helped 51 minutes into it. And, and wow. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I told you guys that I would give you an update of something that I've been a major milestone that I have achieved here at the end of the episode And I want to tell you that yesterday was Thursday, May 14th. And May 14th means that it was a very special day for me because it was exactly six months since I made a decision that would forever change my life. And so back at the beginning of this year, here on Podcast Answer Man, I announced to you guys that this was, for me, the year of fitness. I announced that this was the first time in my life that I was going to put my health and physical fitness above every other priority, every other thing in my life. In fact, I was cutting out anything and everything that wasn't 100% required. Anything in my business that I didn't have to do uh, to make ends meet, I was not going to do. I made sure that I knew what my top priorities in my business were. Those were podcasting A to Z, my digital products, uh, my equipment sales, and and eventually I came around in a couple episodes, I told you that uh, after taking my live, my recording of my podcast off of live shows, uh, off of the calendar for a live show Thursday every week, I realized that I never actually put that on a priority, and so now podcasting is, it, my po- content creation is in the top list of my priorities, but outside of podcasting A to Z, keeping my digital digital tutorials up to date, Following through on equipment sales and content creation. Outside of those things, this year I'm really not doing anything else with my business. I'm not looking to expand it, to grow it. Um, I'm not looking to really do. I, I'm not really looking to take my business to the next level. In fact, just recently I had a comment on on a recent episode of of podcast answer man. Somebody left the show notes comment on there. It's like Cliff, you talk about taking things to the next level, but you know, get, looking back over the last several months, what have you done with Podcast Answer Man to take it to the next level? You know, I, I think you're going down a slippery slope was was a phrase that they used, and you're not practicing what you preach. And I'm like, I beg to differ. I actually shared very clearly with my audience, and perhaps you're relatively new, uh, but back at the beginning this year, I said that Podcast Answer Man and my business is still a priority, but pretty much in in maintaining mode. I'm not looking to grow it. I'm not looking to take my business to the next level. In fact, uh, I had thought about, I had all kinds of live events, more of the next level business mastermind events. I had some other live events that were planned for the year. Took them all off my schedule. I had a couple more uh, travel and speaking engagements. I took them off of my schedule uh, I took so much off of my schedule, so many new projects, new tutorials, new avenues of income streams, and I took them all off of my schedule for the year. And, and yeah, I, unfortunately, it, I even took the live show, the production of this show in front of a live audience off the schedule. I did that so that I could actually take something even more important to the next level in my life. And that is my health and physical fitness. And I had told you guys that back on November 14th of this year, or I'm sorry, of 2014 of last year, on November 14th, I had made the decision that I wanted to live life every day to the fullest. To live fully alive. Not just living towards, you know, living for the next event. Living for the next big vacation. Living, or, you know, we're actually... Working toward the next big event, working towards the next big uh, finish line, working toward the next vacation, working toward all of those things. Basically, I was working, 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 and then I would live for two weeks on a vacation. And then I would work, 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 and live at you know hanging out and living with people and and enjoying life to the fullest, you know, at a conference where I I really get to connect with some great friends and and then work, 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 and live towards the celebration of an anniversary with my wife and work, 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 and live while celebrating a birthday of a child or something like that. Living, I was working towards big events, but living very few times throughout the year, and I had made the decision. I wanted to change that. I want to live fully alive every single day. And one of the things I realized is I can't live fully alive and I can't live the life for which I was created given the physical condition that I am in now and the worsening physical conditioning condition that I'm allowing myself to get into with the lifestyle that I have. <clears throat> so I said, I need, a, I need a complete lifestyle change. I need a life, I need an overhaul. And and I had told folks in, in podcast Answer Man, I said, guys, I've been reading this book. I had read this book called Younger Next Year. And on November 14th, 2014, I made the decision that I was going to work out six days a week, every week, for the rest of my life. And not only that, four days a week is going to be high intensity super high, super high intensity, aerobic focused exercise, you know, hearts if you know anything about heart zones, being in zone three, zone four, that's what I'm going for, um, four days a week, and then two days a week, uh, super high intensity strength training, basically working with a personal trainer who's helping me lift weights that blow out my muscles so that they're completely destroyed, every fiber of them and then over the next several days, they rebuild bigger and better than before. I wanted to change the way that I was eating. I wanted to change the, the what I was putting into my body. I gave up Diet Coke uh, for the and for the rest of my life, not just for a year, for the rest of my life. And 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 all of these lifestyle changes that I was making, and a lot of people thought mm, that's a big commitment. Cliff, why don't you do four days a week? Why don't you do three days a week? Uh, no, I'm doing six days a week every week for the rest of my life. And I'm convinced that that's what is the right decision for me. And it is something that is non-negotiable. And for too many years, I've put my business first. And I've tried to fit in health and fitness and working out where I can after I get all my work done. And I know that that has been so... I've been so heavily focused on that end of the spectrum that I need to do something radical and say, you know what, if it comes down to it, I need to actually say no to what's going on in my business so that I can say yes to my physical fitness and health first. That's what it's going to take. It's going to have to take that radical mindset that my, my workout and my health and fitness comes before anything in my business. And I will tell you that yesterday was six months Exactly, and I just want to give you a little bit of an update. Number one, I have worked out a minimum of six days a week every single week since November 14th, with the exception of three days. Back in January, I did have an upper respiratory infection. My doctor gave me some antibiotics, and he begged me to take three days off of my high-intensity aerobic exercise. I followed his advice, and I took those three days off. Outside of those three days, I have worked out high intensity, uh, four days a week, a minimum of four days a week of cardio, which actually most of the time I do six days a week of cardio on top of my strength training days. And I've done a minimum of two strength training days. And I've actually recently in the last couple months added a third day of strength training on top of that. And I've consistently done it week after week after week. Another commitment that I made back then, six months ago, was that I was going to sign up and do a triathlon with my friend, Ken Davis, who really inspired me to, to, to make some of these changes in my life. And uh, I will tell you that today is Friday, May 15th. Tomorrow is is Saturday, May 16th. And my friends, by this, actually, no, it's 9.45 in the morning. So uh, in within 36 hours of right now, I will have completed my first Actually, and probably my only triathlon. People are people promise me that once I go across the finish line, the first thing that will go through my head is when's the next one. But I can promise you in my mind, at least right now, before going through it, it'll be my first and it will be my final triathlon. But officially, I will be an athlete. I will have completed an athletic race. And I will complete it. And, and I am prepared for it. I am ready for that triathlon. And, and for those of you who are wondering, it is a sprint triathlon, which is, it, it, it's kind of like a baby triathlon. It is 200 yards of swimming, which if you were in my condition when I made the decision to do this, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, after the 200 yards of swimming, it's a nine mile bike ride, which when I started, nine miles on the bike was a pretty big deal. Uh, my So far, and I, the longest I've gone so far on my bike now is I've, I've, I just did a 20 mile ride the other day And on average, I do 10 to 12 miles on my bike a couple days a week. And I'm looking for bike paths where I can start doing this. Now, I will tell you, I don't plan on doing triathlon. Oh, and after the bike, nine miles of biking, I get off the bike and I run two miles. Um, So, and I'll probably do a slight jog because I don't like running. But here's the deal. I can tell you that um, the triathlon is tomorrow. I I set that goal back then. I made a commitment. I was going to do it. And tomorrow, I will fulfill that commitment as well. And I'm I'm very excited about that. And I will tell you that I have discovered a love for biking, for road cycling, and I probably will start signing up for some some road races. Uh, you know, some five mile races, or not five mile races, but ten, fifty, twenty, whatever. I I I, I want to do a century. Eventually, I want to do a 100 mile uh, bike ride. I I I look forward to that. And um, exciting things. But anyway, so that's what's been going on. And I just want to share with you five insights that I've gained during these past six months as a result of this commitment. And I want to share them with you here first. Number one, the the importance of shifting your mindset to where your workouts fit in your lives, into your lifestyle. So many people, including myself, uh, have the, I, I I used to have this mindset that I, as a solopreneur, as a small business owner, as a guy who's responsible for putting food on the table with the business that I'm creating, and if I'm not here, no money comes in. The My mindset was, and, and yours may be this way as well, that I know that I need to take care of my physical body. I know that I need to work out. I know that I should do that, but I have so much work to do. And so many times I got wrapped up in trying to find better productivity, more efficiency, trying to find ways to get more work done in less time so that I can fit in my workouts, okay? Trying to free up a little bit of my time throughout the day and all the things that I have to get done. If I can only find ways to do work more efficiently, I'll be able to fit in those workout commitments, That, my friends, will never work. That is something that I learned will never work because if you're a solopreneur and a small business owner, you can agree with me right now, and I know you will, there's never a time where you don't have more to do. There's never going to be a time where there's not something else that you could be doing in your business to take it to the next level and and to and to help prepare even if financially everything is covered this month you've had a great few weeks wow you know whatever it's like but you know what I want to start building that emergency fund or that buffer for the next month and and there's something you could do and and the the temptation is to continue to do it man I I got all of that stuff in record time I'm so glad I, I learned how to work more efficiently and now I'm going to start working. Now I can do this project. All these two things that have been on my to-do list for so long, now I finally have time to do them. And you know what? Oftentimes working in your business gives you so much more of a buzz and a kick and stuff like that than a workout for you right now because workouts are painful and hard right now. And they, they're they not so much fun. And, and they don't get fun for quite some time. Uh, and, and so it's easier for you just to do work and there's financial reward. It's like I don't get any money for working out. Uh, it, you know, Have you ever thought those words? Uh, I did. And so what happens is putting, uh, putting your work first and trying to fit your work out into your schedule is never going to work. And so what I found is that I need to actually say, you know what, the first thing I need to do is put in my workout into my schedule, and then I need to find out what what's left over. After my workout, what's left over, and that's where I need to fit business in. That I had to have that radical mindset. So, for example, I need a 20-mile bike ride today, all right? Well, I'm looking at the, the weather. It's going to rain this evening, okay? Well, uh, it, it, it's it's 60 degrees right now but it's going to be 82 and from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock would be the perfect window for me to go for a, a 20 mile bike ride okay well uh, then that's the perfect time to go for, that is the most optimal time to get the most out of this workout and to, and to have this be the most effective thing for my health and fitness and training for this event from 11 to 1 well, guess what? That means that I now have blocked out those two hours and yes, there is a little bit of, little bit of time, you know, 15, 20 minutes before uh, that that I need to block out. <clears throat> then there's coming back, taking a shower and getting changed and stuff like that. Wow, that's only gonna that takes about that that takes a good three and a half hours out of my eight hours well that's fine what are, what are the most important and then it comes to some other things but once I decide how much time I have after taking that workout out of my daily schedule it's like how many hours do I still have left in my business day to get the work done that I need to get done and then I, I forced myself to fit my work into the rest of those hours. It's a completely different way of thinking. In fact, I've tried to have this, I've had this conversation recently with a bunch of friends and they're always thinking about how to fit their workouts into their daily schedule, into their business schedule or their, their regular schedule. And, and it's always how can I fit it in around work. And I just wanna encourage some folks out there, just start thinking about what would it be like if instead of trying to fit your workouts in, around your business and family commitments, and say, how can I fit my business and family commitments into my schedule around my workouts? Try that. See if it helps. Let me know. All right. The next one is the importance of knowing what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to ahead of time. And, and you really have to, to start thinking, you know, what are the very few things that I need to do? One of the things that has been very valuable to me is to know that, yes, I will say yes to anything's related to podcasting A to Z. I will say yes to putting pay, a four-week session onto my schedule a couple times this year. I will say yes to marketing it. I will say yes to setting it up. I will say yes to fulfilling it. I will, I will say yes to all of that. I will say yes to digital training tutorials and keeping those up to date for people who are purchasing them one-off and also making sure that they're up to date because that's what is the found, main foundation of podcasting A to Z. So I am always going to say yes to my digital training tutorials. Then I'm always going to say yes to the whatever's necessary to fulfill the commitments to people who are purchasing my podcasting equipment package. Now that is handled mostly through my assistant, Andrea, and she's been working with me since 2010, I think. Anyway, uh, every now and then, Andrea goes on vacation or needs to go on a field trip with her son, so sometimes I actually have to say yes to handling an equipment order or equipment sale on my own. It just happened the other day while Eric Fisher was over here visiting, and so so I have to do those things, and I know I have to say yes to those. Those are the things that I will not say no to, but I I also know what I'm going to say no to. And basically, I'm going to say no to everything else except for what I've decided that I'm going to say yes to. And there are very few things that I'm going to say yes to. And by the way, the other thing that I say yes to in my business is content production, this particular show, and also pursuing a balanced life. Um those things I say yes to, and 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 the reason is because I've made a commitment to those. But anyway, so so anything that's not those things in my business, the answer is no ahead of time. It, to get me to say yes is almost impossible, especially in 2015, the year of fitness, because that I, I'm I'm adamant that I these are the things that are most important. And so so knowing starting the day off, knowing what I'm going to say yes to. And actually, I'm sorry, the importance of knowing what I'm going to say yes to and and what I'm going to say no to ahead of time makes it super easy to get through my email inbox. It makes it super easy for me to prioritize what tasks am I going to do today because that helps me actually have a reduced amount of things that I'm going to say yes to. And I'm only going to say yes to the things that are the most effective and efficient use of my time that give me the greatest return on the time spent, all right? The third insight that I've learned is starting your day off knowing what the most important things that you need to accomplish today are, all right? So what do I need to accomplish today that is above anything else? Now, there are some books out there that will recommend that, that, that you have that one thing. And actually, the, actually I, I don't think that book, I have not yet read the book One Thing. I have read Essentialism. But you know, for me, there's typically one, two, and sometimes a third thing that has to get done today. Everything else could be done today, maybe even should be, but it doesn't have to be. And I look and say, what is the number one thing, the number two thing, and sometimes there's a number three thing that has to get done today, all right? And once I decide in the morning, knowing what has to get done today, then I say, okay, When first of all, when is my workout today? How does that fit into my overall schedule here? And now how do I fit in this one, two, or three things into that so that I can accomplish this particular, these particular tasks? Again, putting my health and fitness first and then fitting my work around it. And I've only said yes to certain things that I knew I was going to say yes to and I've said no to everything else. And then I start my day off saying, okay, these are the things that I've said yes to and these are the ones that have to get done today. Now, where do I fit that into the schedule knowing that I've already got my workout all planned for and taken care of? All right. So uh, the fourth thing, the ability to say no to great opportunities that don't fit within your plan. Now, I've already said it's important to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. And, and, and it's important to, to know uh, what things you're going to do in any given day. What are the most important things? One, two, or maybe your third thing that has to get done. But it's important to actually say no. It's not just knowing what to say no to, but actually saying no is important. It's, in, it's important that you develop the ability to actually physically say the word no. A friend of mine just recently told me that he had decided that he was going to st- stop doing all uh, consulting and and. and no, production work. He was going to stop all production work for other clients. And recently, he made an exception for one particular client. And as a result of that, his schedule is thrown out of whack because this one client is is hitting left curveballs over here and, and, and it's causing so much extra work and all of this stuff. And if he would have just said no... To the opportunity, to this great opportunity that would have this financial return, if he would have just said no, he could be working on the things that matter most in his life and that are actually going to be important for him, not just today financially, but actually things that will be something significant and important and have built towards his future five or ten years down the road. The reality is the project that he said yes to is a six month project and it's here today and gone six months from now and 10 years from now that 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 one job isn't going to be something that that is something and and, and he regrets he regrets not saying no. So I've learned it's not just knowing what to say no to but actually having the ability to say no and then the 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 fifth insight that I've learned during and that I've gained during the past six months is that life is lived daily inside of the margin that you allow yourself in your schedule, and I will tell you that this is the hardest thing for me to to really continue to live out and and fully take advantage of because oftentimes I think of margin uh, being that time when I'm not necessarily doing. Work when I'm not being productive, I'm not actually creating something that's doing something that's generating something that's that 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 is work work work. That's me doing something. It I I sometimes feel that that's being lazy. It's not actually doing anything, and I have to get over that. And in fact, I have I am over it most of the time. And even when it's a struggle for me, I'm still finding a way to live life inside of that margin. And what I mean by that is I am allowing myself to enjoy uh, sometimes a two or three hour just sit back and enjoy my wife in the afternoon while the kids are in school and I'm not actually doing anything related to work at all. And yes, it's a work week day. All I did, there, there have been a couple days where I actually know what is the one thing I have to get done today. And I look at it and I'm like, yep, that's the one thing that has to get done today. And guess what I put first? my workout, and I got my workout done, and then it's like there's this opportunity to hang out with my wife for a couple hours, and I look and I'm like, man, I really should go and do that, and I know that that's the one thing that has to get done today, but you know what? There have been days when I just said, you know what? That really can wait till tomorrow. I know that I said that has to get done today, but if there's one thing I had to get done, that's the one thing I have to get done today and putting it off till tomorrow and and by the way for, just to give you an example that one thing uh for a couple days was sending an email to my mailing list there was like three different days that i put it off till the next day it was the most important thing for me to do is to send an email to my mailing list to tell them about my next podcasting a to z course which is coming up just a week from this coming monday it's coming up monday may 25th is the next four week session of a to z and uh, and I, and I needed to send it out, but you know what? I waited a couple of days, and when I sent it out, it had a huge success. People signed up as a result of it. So let me wrap that up. What are the five things? Or the five things? The five insights that I've gained during the past six months? Put your health and fitness first, and then try to find a way to fit your business and family life into your schedule afterwards. That's huge. The importance of knowing what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to ahead of time. Then starting off your day knowing what is the most important one, two, and maybe three things that you need to accomplish today that is above everything else. Number four, the ability to actually say no to great opportunities that don't fit in with your current plan of where you're headed. And then number five, life is lived inside the margin that you allow yourself to have. And with that, my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. Just a reminder, my next session, my 20th session of podcasting A to Z starts a week from Monday, Monday, May 25th. I currently only have seven spots available. That's right. I limit the course to 30 students so that I can give them my full-on attention and be that personal coach for each and every one of them for a four-week period of time. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to go over to podcastinga2z.com right now, and the most important thing you can do is scroll to the very bottom of the page and start reading the testimonials first. If those sound intriguing to you, then scroll back up to the top of the page at podcastinga2z.com and uh, you can read the rest of it. I would love to have the opportunity to work with you if you've been thinking about this course, if you've been thinking about working with me. Again, I only have seven spots left, and I know that those spots will be sold by the end of the day on Monday, May 25th, and I would love it if it would possibly be you. And with that, my friends, I will uh, say goodbye, and until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level.
1: It's a so man.